Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Buzzing About Romance. Um, I'm Becky, could not remember my name for a moment. Um, and back with me on the podcast is Leah. Hey Leah. I'm, I'm back. Hi. Back. Hi Becky. Um, hi. That was, I couldn't remember my own name. It's been oh a long time. It is on brand. We just, on brand. On brand. I didn't do Mrs. Doubtfire, so that was good. Um, so do you ever wonder how an author keeps all of their series and characters straight, especially an author who is super prolific? On this episode, we are chatting with author Elise Faber, and we're going to find out all the things about how she keeps organized because she writes really great books, but she releases a book, I think, like a lot. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. Anyway, so uh, <clears throat> read Elise's bio and then we can welcome her to the podcast. USA Today best-selling author Elise Faber loves chocolate, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and hockey, the order depending on the day and how well her team, the Sharks, are playing. She and her husband, excuse me, she and her husband also play as much hockey as they can squeeze into their schedules so much so that their typical date night is spent on the ice. Elise is the mom to two exuberant boys and lives in Northern California. Connect with her in her Facebook group. Facebook group, Fabinators, <laughs> or find more information about her books at elisefaber.com. Apparently, words are very hard for me right now. It's going to be great. Welcome to the water. podcast, Elise. Hi, Elise. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And I totally know that words are hard sometimes, especially. <laughs> it's easier to write them sometimes than to say them, at least in my experience. <laughs> we, oh. we often have our moments where we just kind of look at each other and we're like, uh, yeah, words are hard tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when the pressure's on, so I get it. Right? And that's quite a bio. A lot of names in there I'm throwing at you. There that's is. okay. And, that's but I like how your typical date night. See, my typical date night is a trip to Lowe's. So. See, that's good too, though. Like we'd added plenty of those when we were building our house. So I feel like that was our life for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think that it's always funny because the date night can either go really well or really bad, depending on how we're playing. <laughs> And it's like, you didn't pass that good enough to me tonight, or, you know, you, you're taking too long of a shift. Um, and so sometimes I can go real bad, but sometimes it can go good. And our date nights just really include drinking. <laughs> so, you know. There's Press. that too at hockey. There's plenty of that, right? You play the hockey and then you get to have the drinks afterwards. So See, it's win-win. That's lovely. Um, so we are super excited to have you on. Um, but let's get to know you a little bit before we start, like figuring out how you keep everything organized and straight. Um, Elise, are you a rereader? I do reread. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, Nalini Singh, I don't know if you guys have read any of hers. She has some really great paranormal romance. I really like her Psy Changeling series. So whenever I need like kind of a palate cleanser or like, you know, I just want to read a book that I know how it's going to, how it's going to go, um, I really will pick up one of her books. Yeah, I've heard um, good things about that series. Lady it's Sadie reads favorite. that. Oh Lady yeah, that's true. She's ladies devoured <laughs> the changelings. Yeah. Um, so what kind of reader are you? Comfort, chaotic, planner, or mood driven reader? Ooh, I guess I'm definitely probably like, I'm I'm mood uh reader probably, you know. I'm like right now I'm on reverse harem, so I've been devouring some of those. Ooh, um I but I think harem. oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I've never, um, been the type of reader to have one book on one device and like another one on like in paperback, but lately that's all I've been. I've been like, oh, Hey, I've started one in paperback and then I have one on my Kindle and then I have one audio. Um, and so that's really interesting. I feel like maybe I always thought like, I was like start to finish and that was my book, but now it's like, I think depending on where I am, if I want my kids practice, it's like, I have my phone, I'm reading one on there, but I'm somewhere else, you know, I have it on my Kindle. I'm sure you guys probably can relate to that. Um, yeah, I always have an audiobook. I tend to, if I'm reading something physically, then, but I read exclusively 99% to the Kindle. I don't pick up paperbacks. I'm actually insane enough that I accidentally bought a paperback of a book. And instead of like reading it from the paperback, I went ahead and bought the um, e copy. <laughs> but, but it's funny because she loaned me her e copy. And then I was telling her how good it was and she needed to read it. And she, so she just bought me a copy so she could have hers back. 
<laughs> because she did not want to read the paperback. And what's the deal? Like, do you not like the way it feels on your eyes or do you don't like to hold it or? Um, so I've been reading exclusively on an e-reader. I started with Nook because, you know, back in 2010, that made the most sense, right? Um, <laughs> so I started with an e-reader 10 years ago and I just, I haven't gone back to a paperback since. Um, it's, I don't know. There's just comfort in reading on the device and it's lightweight and um, I don't know. I don't. You don't I mean, have to mar up the pages at all. Right. Break that spine. I mean, you see all of my, I mean, listeners can't, but I have all these books in my background. They're just decoration. They're just like tchotchkes that I make the children dust, but I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> so it is a universally funny thing for readers. I think that we will buy a book, but never with the intention of never opening it because it's mm -hmm. too precious, you know? Yeah. I have some signed copies of books and I'm just like, these will never be touched. And anyway, my girl child tried to read a signed copy and I was like, I'll just buy that for you. Get off of that. Do not touch it. <laughs> I think the thing with the e-readers that like that uh, life changing for me was like all the TikTok trends of like the page turners and the holder. Like, cause I got all into that, that I have my one on my bed that I can hold my candle up and I have my wireless page uh, turner. And I was like, this is like literally life changing. Okay. I've seen the wireless page turn. Does it work really well? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, because like, my hand, you know, your hand falls asleep from holding it. Yeah. Like if you're reading a bed, you know? And so um, it what, works. What is this? So Did you, you not see the, the like, TikTok? The your Kindle. Yeah. No. I mean, it's like a, um, uh, it's like a clicker, page clicker. It's almost like a PowerPoint, like remote, like <gasps> you would change in a meeting, but it's for That's... your Kindle and you can change it. So yeah, it is 20 bucks or 30 bucks. I think it was like the best money I spent on uh, accessories for my Kindle. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Well, come winter, that would be really great because, you know, where we are, it's cold. And so when you're cuddled under the blanket and you don't want to, like, bring your hand out to. Well, that's the thing. Like, you have to keep one hand out to, to turn yeah, the page. pages. Yeah. Now you wouldn't have to. You could use this wireless page turner. You need it in your life. <laughs> I think so. I think we're going to need I that. might. <laughs> um, so, Elise, what was the first book you ever published in what year? Oh, um, I published Phoenix Rising, which was a paranormal series about a girl. It's a trilogy um, about a girl who, when she touches someone, sees how they're going to die. So she's kind of an oracle. Um, and that came out in 2014, like the end of that. Okay. Um, and that was with a small press. And then I kind of started self-publishing. My first self-published book was Disaster at Roosevelt Ranch. And that was in 2016. Okay. So I've gone quite a while, <laughs> different uh, genres here. <laughs> Well, so we actually did that. We listed, we think we've listed the current series that you're working on, um, that you have books that have recently published or published plans to publish sometime within this next couple months. So there's the gold hockey series, which I love. This is your San Francisco based hockey team romance. Are there 16 books? Well, in that I think, series? um, 13 or out and the 14th is coming i believe i think that's the right count okay um i that's actually um your hockey series was one of like not the first but like one of the three or four that as i dove into the hockey um <coughs> the hockey romance genre yours was one of the first that i came across to um and i just loved them they're really well done Oh, yay. Thanks. That's definitely like my baby series because, you know, obviously my hockey's my life. So it's, uh, that's one of my favorites. I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, Leah just read the one that just came out from the gold series, right? Mm -hmm. With Brandon. Right, Brandon? Yeah, Brandon. And, uh, oh gosh, I'm Fanny. <laughs> I was like, I'm blanking that's on her it. name. I couldn't think of her name either. I was like telling Becky about it. And I was like, I don't, but her name is not Fanny. It's like Stephanie, but they call her Fanny. They call her Fanny, yeah. So that's so funny. <laughs> But it was an amnesia trope, and I haven't read one of those in a long time, so I think I'm going to have to play some catch-up and check that out. Um, and then you have your Life Sucks <laughs> yeah. series, which I just love. These are so funny. These are great rom-coms. Um, and then yeah, we I really enjoy writing those. Sorry. Yeah. And That's I okay. think they're light and a little bit different. Like, I feel like the whole cold hockey are pretty emotional and character driven. Mm -hmm. And these ones are like a little bit like, Hey, you could just pick it up as a beach read. So yeah. Well, those... But then you have your other hockey series, like on top of that. Yeah. So you just started your breakers hockey series. 
I did, yeah. And uh, if you guys haven't read Boldly yet, I keep, I, it just, arcs just went out to all the readers. <laughs> and so I've been getting all these messages like, uh, you're making me cry, I hate you. And I'm like, ha ha, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> that was definitely an emotional roller coaster on these ones. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an East Coast team, right? The Breakers is Maryland? Uh, yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. So that's interesting because you're a West Coast girl. Is it hard to write the East Coast? Because mentalities are very different between the East Coast and the West Coast. I'm sure I'll get some comments about um, if I'm doing it right or not. Um, I I did a fair amount of research before I picked Baltimore, but I definitely noticed that like I was writing in the series and I was like, they're outside in like shorts and a t-shirt in like the middle of winter. And I was like, wait, that can't happen. That might happen in California, but that can't happen in Maryland, you know? So um, I'm sure there'll be some stuff like that. They're they're dummies. It definitely is, but uh, less likely than I guess here in Cali. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So the series that I fell in love with you with is your Billionaires Club series. Um, I love these books because you write such a great sisterhood, I think, is what I love about them. The girls are just, I don't know. I think the fan, the friend group to me, that is definitely like the selling point of of when I enjoy writing it, just because, you know, I obviously have some really good friends in real life. And so it's nice to be able to be like, Hey, there are like positive female groups. So we can all be like, we we're happy and love you. And we're not going to gossip behind each other's backs. And so that's what I love about these girls. It's like, I will have your back no matter what, even if I think you're doing something stupid, I'm still going to ride in on that experience with you. Well, and I think too, what I like about that friend group is without, you know, like being crass is they're boss bitches. Like, it, they they love their men, but really they are problem solving their own problems. And the men just happen to ha- sometimes be a part of the solution. Other times they need pushed down the stairs. <laughs> Other times the problem, yeah. That, yeah, that is a good point because I feel like, um, I mean, I am all for like a, every once in a while to read a female heroine who's going to get rescued, right? I think we all like that. But I think um, it's nice to have more, as you said, boss bitches in this world, so... Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. there's one scene in one of the books and I can't remember which one it is, but they're on a party bus headed for like a, uh, bachelorette party and they're just the banter between them. It's just so fun. And the whole time I'm thinking, I want to be in that friend group. Why, why aren't these my friends? Yeah. I definitely feel that sometimes too. Although, um, you know, I think during the pandemic was fun because my friend group and I, we started a Slack chain. So everyone's on like, can I screenshot this? Because this is going in a book. <laughs> so it is, it does get inspired a little bit from my real friends group. And they're really like, I feel like I'm the least funny, um, under pressure kind of person. So like, I'm like, oh, you guys are way funnier than me. So I'm stealing these pieces to put in my books, you know? That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, so then there's your Phoenix Lex Tall Chronicles, and that's your paranormal series. Yeah, and that's gonna wrap up here in October with this last book. Or I guess I pushed it to November because I had some had a family, some family stuff this week. So I ended up having to push a bunch of books out. Yeah. Um, and then your KTS series, that is your it's a security force. Yeah, it's like a romantic suspense, kind of like they work for an unnamed government organization. And I'm winding that one down. Okay, why have I not read that one before? I don't know. I read Christmas at Roosevelt Ranch, and it was so good. That was the first one I read. And then I went back and read all these others. And I'm like, oh, these are really good. Like suspense (laughs) is my my jam. Yeah. Um, And you know me, I'm picky about my romantic suspense. And this is really super well done. So I will have to check these out. So you, Leah, you're so funny. <laughs> and then there's your Love After Midnight series. Yep, and the last one of that just came out, so that one's done. Okay. I'm trying to streamline here a little bit. As, even as you're naming them off, I'm like, oh my god, so many. <laughs> and are you are you done with your Lights Camera Action series also, or is that? Yeah, so I kind of wound those ones down. Um, and then so my focus going forward is going to be the hockey series, Billionaire's Club, and then Life Sucks. And then I'm um, starting a couple pen names next year. So there'll be some new stuff coming out. <laughs> Never fear, I'll keep myself insanely busy anyway. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get to this because this is the part that intrigues us. You, now I know family life and such. Um, 
has been a little chaotic for you and we don't need to go into all that craziness. Um, so some books have been pushed out a little bit for the rest of this year for your, the plan, but on average, you're releasing a book every three to four weeks. Yeah. I mean, my goal, I'm making my schedule now for next year, um, is a, a book a month, um, is generally okay. what, I, what I like, um, to do. Um, cause I feel like I can produce a book a month. That's good. Um, and then this year was a little bit crazy because, um, I was trying to wrap up these series. And so I felt like I definitely overcommitted and was, um, so I'm trying to streamline for the books that you guys like the most and, uh, and really the ones I enjoy writing the most. And so those are those mm-hmm. kind of big fours, kind of how I ended up choosing those. Um, but- the main question we have is how do you keep them all straight? Because there's a, like, especially like your gold hockey, there's a lot of characters in that series, but then keeping those ones straight from your breakers hockey series and then not mixing in like the girls from how, how do you keep everybody where they're supposed to be? <laughs> I don't I have really good editors. <laughs> I mean, I, I do definitely make mistakes, um, but for whatever, and I feel like the fun part is like when I get the little crossover or an Easter egg in one of those, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but no, I have various spreadsheets. I have a spreadsheet for every um, series. Um, I'm going back and I'm almost got it complete. I should have started at the beginning of this, a character Bible for every series. Um, so I've, I've been going back and doing that um, for references of like, you know, so, you know, does uh, Sprit like coffee or not? You know, I can't make mm-hmm. a joke about it if I don't remember. Um, and so there was a lot of like me having to go back and search manuscripts for coffee or something, which is a ridiculous waste of time, right? Um, and so I, um, I hired a couple of people to help me with some character Bibles. And so that, that is definitely making life much easier. Um, and then I just color code everything. Every series has a color. Um, and I have timelines written out and I have a whole file worth of timelines of like, who's, whose brother, what year were, you know, and, you know, bad night stand, how old were they? And then, okay, as we're aging up, um, you know, whose brother or sister is involved. And, um, so I think I'm doing okay, but yeah, it definitely is a lot. I mean, I haven't, I've read all of the billionaires clubs and I haven't, I haven't noticed anything that was messed up or anything like that. I just love them and devour them when they come out. So I mean, I think you're doing well, but it's sort of working out. I've pulled the wool over your eyes at least a little bit. Goodness, that is like, so this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven series plus lights, camera action, which is, um, coming to an end. That's, that's like that's a lot, a lot of Bibles. <laughs> it's too many. <laughs> which is like, I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Um, but you know, I feel like, again, this, it's not like I, I mean, I do have a choice obviously of what I'm writing, but it's also like you get a story and it won't go away. And so then at some point, and then I like series, I like writing and reading them. And so then I'm like, well, these two characters are fun. Let's do another one. And that's how I get into eight <laughs> series later, you know? <laughs> well, and I think that that's part of what draws me into you as an author is I always know one of the things that I love, especially with like um, the billionaire club, the side character that's mentioned, you know, like the lady that owns the bakery, eventually she gets her own story. And the little characters that stick with you when you read like book three and you think, oh, I, I, that character needs their own book. I know that if I stick around, Elise is going to give me that character. Eventually. Eventually, eventually that yeah. character will show up. I do not have to send mean, mean messages to you and be like, um, <laughs> where is my book? Because I'm known to do that. (laughs) I do definitely get some of those like, why did you choose so-and-so next? (laughs) Uh, But it's like, ah, you like, they spoke to me. Like, I wish I had a better answer. You know, it was just like, hey, they wouldn't shut up. And so I had to write their book. Well, I mean, and I think one of the things I want to say here, especially for our listeners, is all of these books are very well written. They are very Mm -hmm. well done. They are well edited and well formed at. That's something um, formatted. That's something Leah and I get a little picky on um but so you have do you have multiple editors like that you use then yeah i have um i I each book goes through four rounds of editing um and then you know i read it in insane amount of times you know like to the point where i'm like i want to burn those manuscripts and never read it again (laughs) um but yeah i think that to me is like knowing and then my editors i have my little team now and we've worked together for quite a while and so it's nice to be like you don't have to spare my feelings that this isn't working. Tell me if you think this character needs, you know, 
I don't know, some change or you think they're annoying or or you think they need to have a bigger character arc, um, they can tell me without my feelings getting hurt and they can be bald about it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want someone being nice to me and packing me in cotton wool because for the most part, readers aren't going to do that. Right. And, um, and I'd rather have it addressed before it's an issue. I mean, I, I like you guys. I really appreciate that you like my books and I want to continue producing good content. Um, and so that I think is really helpful. It's just the time that we have spent learning each other in our systems. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just, they're well done. And I, so can you walk us through like your process from drafting to publishing? So we know it's four rounds of edits, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I usually will write the first draft. Um, I do it kind of linearly generally. So I'll start, I have my blurb um, before I start, which is, you know, the, my framework. And sometimes it goes off the rails, um, but I'm still more of a pantser than a plotter. I have tried a few books plotting and it just takes the fun away from it for me. And so I've just gone back to pantsing. Um, and so I start, you know, and I just start beginning and I write all the way until I'm done. Um, and I usually shoot for like anywhere of a book is going to be 50 to 75,000 words for me. Um, the hockey ones tend to be a little bit longer um, than the billionaires club. They kind of come in between 50 and 60 for the billionaires club. So I kind of, my goal is to do it 5,000 words a day. So however long I get to the end and that's about, um, you know, it can be anywhere from 10 to 20 days. Right. Um, and then I sit on it for a couple of days, reread it. And then it goes to my first content editor. Um, and then she will pop back all of those things. I said, like, Hey, this character sucks. <laughs> hey, this character needs to, you know, like has a need to have a bit more trauma or a bigger growth or something like that. And then I address that. And it goes for her from lines. And then I have another blind editor and then I have a proofer. And then that's when it finally gets formatted arcs getting uploaded everywhere and going to you guys. So okay. I think it's about a month of writing and reading and then a month of editing or so. That is not for the faint at heart. That's like, mm-hmm. that's so tell us about balancing that family life writing schedule. So do you write like basically like nine to five and then, cause it's gotta be hard when characters are talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that. That's true. Like when you're inspired, it's, it's challenging. Um, I get up pretty a little bit early before my kids get up, kind of write for an hour or two. Before I work out because like, that helps me wake up. <laughs> and um, then I write for an hour or two before my kids go to school. And then it's a little bit different now because we're, I don't know about you guys, but my kids are just transitioned back into school. And so adjusting to that kind of shorter schedule is great for summer because I could be like, oh, hey, you're at camp all day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to get you at, you know, 155 or some silly time. Um, and so then I generally write until I get up from school, do all the after school stuff. And then I'll write again, usually in the evening, if I haven't hit my word count. Okay. So do you live in, I mean, I don't want to say like div and, live and die by your word count, but is that what you kind of use as your guide is that today I have to do this amount of words? Yeah, I think, um, I usually always try to hit 5,000 words. Um, and if I don't, then, you know, um, I work until I do. So it's like, that's nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. I do that, but generally I can do it before I see the kids at school Yeah, or get the kids at school. <laughs> I'm kicking them out the door. I'm not seeing them at school. That's for sure. It's, I mean, it's hard. All of us kind of had to learn how to work with our kids being home with us during most of this pandemic. And mm-hmm. I know that lots of people are giving little sighs of relief now that the children are going back to school for a while. <laughs> Hopefully I know I'll miss that a little bit, but yeah, my husband's still working at home, which is weird because I was the only one working from home. Right. And then all of a sudden we had four kids and everybody was was working. I'm like, wait, this doesn't work for me. (laughs) Um, but they, you know, now we all kind of figured out our own system. I I feel like that's how it is. It's like, as soon as you figure out a system, then your kids change on you, like the whole schedule changes and you're just kind Mm -hmm. of panic for a couple of weeks, trying to figure it all out. And then it all settles in again. Um, but I I try not to stress too much about it because I know I'll get it done, but, um, having a set word count every day, you know, that I'm accountable for that definitely helps me produce. Yeah. I've homeschooled. This is our sixth year that we're starting for homeschool. So pandemic didn't really affect our day to day until my husband started working for home, but now he's back in the office. And there are times when I miss having him at home just because he would kind of deflect the, the ridiculous mom questions, you know, it is funny, right? Because I'll walk down the hall to see you when the dad's there on the couch or whatever. But yeah, my husband's great about stepping into like, hey, mom's working right now. Um, but my husband has a job where he's on meetings almost all day on the call. So my kids then have to still default, default to me. 
And mm-hmm. you just get really good at, I'm sure you guys are the same where it's like, you can put it down and you can pick it right back up. And it's just like a skill that you, a muscle you kind of develop. So it's like um, that, that mom tick <laughs> yes. just ingrained. <laughs> you just figure it out. Right. I mean, we just, just get it done, stop right? like your process, like your thought, like mid thought, like as you're answering a question, you just pick it right back up. It's so true. It's like, well, it's like, we're, you know, we're the bad boss bitches basically like that I write about. It's like, this is us because we get our stuff done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, except I am the squirrel mom. Like I'll be, the, <laughs> and mine are teenagers. So it's a little different. I don't, they're not as dependent on me as people with, you know, middle schoolers or elementary school kids, aged children. So mine are teenagers, they're in high school. For the most part, they should be a little bit more self-reliant. And so one will come in and be like, hey mom, I'll be like, five damn minutes, people. I need five more minutes to finish this thought because if I walk away from this, I'm going to forget things. <laughs> mine, so nice. so, yeah, go ahead. Mine made lunch like all by themselves like last week and they were like, we did it and we ate and I was like, that's good because my husband was on evening. So he was like, he was trying to sleep. I was trying to work. It's like, it was just chaos. That's like, it's interesting that you say that. Cause like, um, and my, my kids are nine and 11. So mm-hmm. um, they're kind of getting to that point where they're a little more self dependent, like making lunch or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's like the good thing about the pandemic for them is like when they learn to be a little bit more independent, like even with virtual school, like Sorry, that's my kids. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of uh, all kid stuff, my my kid has a, a got diagnosed with diabetes this last week, and so he's got a glucose monitor, but it's malfunctioning. So I'm getting oh. beeps all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's all good, but it's just like you know one of those things, right? It just mm-hmm. life happens. Um, but yeah, I think the pandemic was good for them in a way because they learned how to do those skills to kind of be like, hey, you know, mom and dad are working. You got to figure it out, right? Or before yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll just meet you a sandwich. But now it's like, hey, you got to do that yourself. So yeah, right. mine are 10 and seven and my my 10-year-old, like, well, he'll make his own. I mean, granted they're cold, like peanut butter and Nutella sandwiches, but he can still do it. And then my seven-year-old, like she's so darn picky, but she'll make like a cheese sandwich. And she's like, I made my sandwich today. I'm like, well, that's great. You need to eat more than just that. While my 18 year old is like, we don't have any food. Can yes. you door dash me food? Dude, there is a freezer full of frozen pizzas and pizza rolls. Figure this out. Make So his go-to is a peanut butter sandwich. He's like, okay, I'll eat a peanut butter sandwich. I'm like, oh my God, the oven is not complicated. Put it in. I mean, you only need a microwave. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, oh, kids, they're they're great. They're great. So, you love and them, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> At least we. I've been on lives, and my child's med alarm has gone off in the background. So, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, I know Becky knows where it's at. You know, we're just yeah. beginning this kind of journey, and so I don't know what everything's going to look like. But um, as always, we will get it sorted. You'll figure mm-hmm. it out. You'll figure it out. It just, yeah. you know, it's our kids. We do anything for them. Yep. Um, so what is the one thing you wish you knew when you started writing that would have made things easier for you? Start a character Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many things that you learn through trial and error. I mean, um, I think there are a lot of great resources now. I feel like when I was first indie publishing in the, you know, back, my gosh, what it's like five, six years ago, it was like, um, you're figuring it out on your own. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, now there's all these great groups. So you have resources to be like, Hey, you know, I'm trying this, it's not working. Or how do we do ads or how, you know, how do we plot a book? I mean, you were, you were kind of figuring that out on your own. And so it's nice to have these resources now, even I still, you know, obviously learn even from them nowadays, because it's constantly changing, but, Mm -hmm. um, I really definitely, what a lot of my career was like trial and error and stumbling onto what works. And so it would have been nice to be like, have a clear vision of a brand or stories um, initially, rather than me just piecemealing from paranormal to hockey to all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. You kind of, I mean, coming in, in 2014, you know, the 50 shades of gray boost was 2011, 2012. So, you know, you at least had some space from that, but I think you kind of came out though before like the big indie published push though, that happened in like 2016. Yeah. Um, you kind of I, fell there. In 
<laughs> yeah, kind of in the, in no the middle. Man's land. I'm with a small press, so that was kind of helpful. I definitely learned some stuff from them initially with my books. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of rode the sort of end of the wave in 2016. Um, and I, my kids were way younger then. And so I wasn't publishing like I am now. And so that was like, you know, I think planning ahead would have been the biggest thing where rather than me just like barfing up a book and then putting it out there. <laughs> I think um, if I had a new, you know, like just marketing plans, making a schedule ahead, you know, covers all that stuff that I've kind of accumulated over five years of doing this, that would have all been very helpful <laughs> instead of just stumbling my way through it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is next for you? We have a book coming out this week. Well, so this episode drops on August 29th and blocked. Boldly. Yeah. What? Boldly. Boldly. Why do I have blocked in my head? That was the first Breakers book, wasn't it? Okay. I, I have two, that was the first gold hockey. I have too many B, bro. Everyone's okay. like, there's and a lot of B's. There's B's and C's. Yeah. Okay, like, no so more. Boldly releases <laughs> on the 31st? The 31st, on August okay. 31st. Yeah. I did look these up. Like, I'm not, like, completely <laughs> ridiculous. I have to look them up myself. Like, as you list them off, I can barely keep them straight. I got a calendar here, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm really excited about Boldly. I mean, that was one of my um, – it was the easiest book probably I've written in the five years of – you know, self-publishing that I've done. Um, I just felt like the story just like poured out of me and, um, it's about the hero. Well, it's about the Oliver from the first book who was kind of at the end of, um, broken, he had gotten hit into the boards and had a serious injury on his leg. And throughout the kind of process, he, um, had multiple surgeries, had infections and lost his leg. Um, and I mean, you can see that on the cover, so it's not really a spoiler. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was kind of his journey of like, not necessarily coming to terms with his leg, but like coming to terms with like how other people look at him differently and by not having a leg. Um, because I didn't want it to be like an angsty. I just like, I felt like I want to make books that like have heroes that aren't all like perfectly, you know, able-bodied and, you know, Thor-like, which is all fun to write about, but also it's like, that's not real life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was fun to write a book, but like, Hey, this isn't 300 pages of him being upset about his leg yeah it sucks he's upset about it but it's also like him moving on with his life and so um it just yeah I, I don't know I'm not articulating this very well but it felt very great to have him have that journey where it wasn't just like angsty about my leg he wasn't so broody yes I mean I like a broody hero too but you know I was like this one it's like it doesn't need to be that I like a broody hero I'm excited also. I'm pretty sure I saw Heather send out the link for that arc so yeah. <laughs> just got out last week so I think you, yeah they're coming your way if not I'll just email Miss Heather I'll be like hey <laughs> can you send me this and she just laughs at me and I was like yes um okay so before we wrap up this conversation we are going to do one of our buzzing about romance conversation cards um and this is a good one but it is not naughty I felt like after weird names for vaginas we needed not naughty this week yes. um okay so elise what is the most interesting way someone has said i love you in a book it can be one of your books it could be another book that you read oh i um to me i always love the way that when they say it without saying it so like the actions right like when they're um you know, bringing or dropping off like their favorite food or, you know, their favorite flower, the heroine's favorite flowers all of a sudden appear on um, their counter or something. And it's like those details that the heroine doesn't think they're paying attention to, but those small details that a hero is picking up on, those are the ones that I really love. Yeah. Um, I read an author that she gifted the, um, she wrote it where the hero gifts the girl a basket of cheese Mm -hmm. that was a good one um who doesn't like a basket of cheese i know right <laughs> um i also like it when the hero just blurts it out you know like it's not a moment it's not like a we're deep together it'll be like you know in the middle of the room yelling it like but i love you I, oh, yeah. I actually finished an arc yesterday where the hero goes on this rant of like chaos and just like blurts it out in like this room of like all these people and like all the 
it's like all their big moments happen like in a room of people and she's like you have the worst timing ever she's like i want i want a moment that is just us but it's so well done and it just it fits like the characters really well yeah oh, i love that too yeah and especially in the middle of an argument or something i love when mm -hmm. they as you say when they blurt it out i just i don't know i think that i also think that i like when um it's i can't sleep without you like they've had you know kind of the breakup or she's left for something and the guy is always i like the guy to say it first mm -hmm. and i like him to be like but i can't sleep without you like oh. i can't rest you know there's only peace when we're together i like that yeah that's the dream right there right right i mean anyway what about <laughs> leah do you have any others that you like i mean a basket of cheese where, is kind of i mean that's a good one but i've read one where like it was a single parent one. I can't, and like the, the parent and the kid had this thing where they would squeeze their hands, like to say it because he was a little bit older and he was like, he was too cool for mom to say like, I loved you. But like when the, the hair, the hero like became part of the family and like he does it to the kid. It was like, hmm. it was like this really like intense moment because like they, all of them together were doing this. It was just, it was adorable. I love that. Terrible. Yeah. When my husband and I first started dating, that's how we would do it too. We would squeeze each other's hand if we were in public. Mm -hmm. And we always had like in a time, like for whatever reason, we always were together day or night at 11, 11. So that kind of became our time of like, when we'd be like, Oh, I love you. We're together. Oh, that's so a, sweet. It is really sweet. That is really... I haven't thought about it in 10 years. <laughs> so I guess I should just like with it. <laughs> that's like really sweet. I'm, you know, it's funny because like my husband has a movie that every time he sees the movie or the movie comes up in conversation that it makes him nostalgic for when we met because he watched it on our first date like the first time he stayed over he that movie played on the tv and i'm just like okay it's not even a movie i like but apparently it makes him think of us anyway that's really sweet though it is i know but it's funny like when i read a book like i love all of those but like in real life like it seems like it should be like I would be uncomfortable about, um, mm -hmm. about having that happen to me. Like my husband, um, when we were first starting dating, like played that James Blunt song for me, the like, year beautiful song. <laughs> and it was very sweet. But the entire time I was like, I can't with this. I'm too embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay. Elise, thank you so much for joining us and coming on and giving us all the hints of how you keep everything safe or safe. Straight straight, straight. Yeah. safe and straight safe and straight um we appreciate it because i tell you what when i was like what are we gonna talk to elise about and i was like well let's pick one of her series and then i started going through your series so i'm like nope we need to talk to her about all her series and figure out how she does this so many series yes i like talking about it it actually makes me feel a little better telling you guys i'm like oh i do sort of keep it straight so you do you do great um thank you really thank you for coming on and chatting with us we appreciate it thanks for having me so it was nice to chat with elise um apparently the, if you're going to start writing just start your character bible the moment you start developing your characters because <laughs> then you don't have to go back in like 13 books and see who's who and what they like it's like a dating it's like a matchmaker's dating book it is but honestly like i've read multiples of her gold series like but i came in late to them and it doesn't seem like anything's mixed up because i came in late but then i read some of the starts and with danica i didn't read in order right i know it's okay. Um, okay. So summer reading challenge is almost over. This episode is dropping on August 29th. Mm -hmm. The last day to enter your bingos is September 1st by 1159 local time. Mm -hmm. And we will be announcing the winner live on our happy hour event with Delta James on September uh -huh. 2nd. We are celebrating Delta's birthday and the end of summer reading. Yes. All live on the YouTube, <laughs> September 2nd, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, so anyway, if you're playing, get your bingos in. 
if you want, you do not want to miss this live event either. Uh, Delta earlier today sent me a picture of her swag pack, her birthday swag pack. She made a special birthday swag pack. Yeah. There's like this really awesome tapestry bag that everything fits into. Man, she has such good swag. She does. She gives good swag. She, she gives great swag. She does. Queen of swag, Delta James. Anyway, join us September 2nd at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Happy hour live on the YouTube. Okay, so are you buying books we've talked about on the podcast? Did you know that we can link every book? No, did you know that we link every book we review on our website? And by purchasing the book through that link, the podcast gets a kickback. It's a lot of words in that sentence. There was a lot of words in that sentence. <laughs> um, we also have an Amazon storefront where you can share, where we share some of our favorite things. Like my desk vacuum. Oh, is it on there? Yes, I love my desk vacuum. The other cool thing that I found is if you like to read paperbacks, it is a clear um piece of plexiglass that has led lights in the side so you can lay it on your paperback and it but, lights up your page okay so you found this but you don't read paperbacks i do not but i found it and shared it on our amazon storefront but i do use my vacuum my desk vacuum is the best thing ever everyone should have one especially if you use pencils with an eraser i don't use pencils the desk I, vacuum I picks up all the hair and dust. Oh, it's I do need it for the. I do need it for the, the pet fur. Yeah, I'm telling you, everybody should get a desk vacuum. You can find it in our Amazon storefront. Okay. Um, deals in the buzz. Every week, mm -hmm. we list and share our on sale and free books several places. Facebook group and our Discord channel. Throughout the week, we will share the links. Um, but you can also find the complete list every friday evening saturday on our website so always check on saturday the list will be there this is another great way for you to get books on sale but also give a kickback to the podcast so you know so some fun little notes so our quick shots in september becky and i decided we are going to start doing themes every month so our theme for our quick shots of romance in september are small town romances and if you followed our Instagram stories, you got to vote on the quick shots that we were doing. Yes. So the winner. Well, and we will not be announcing the winner. You will have to just listen. That episode drops on September 30th, like the last quick shot of we're the keeping month. you in suspense. Yeah. So, but make sure you give a listen and see if we feature one of your favorite small town romances, because there are a lot of really good ones out there. There are. Um, and Quick Shots and Romance, <coughs> you can find wherever you are listening to this podcast, but you can also watch them on the YouTube. On the YouTube. On the mm -hmm. YouTube. Imagine that. On the YouTube. On the YouTube. Uh, the Corset and Crown edition of the podcast. So you guys probably have noticed that throughout the summer, really since I think we started in June with them, uh, Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie have been doing twice a month quick shots of romance, all focused on historical romance. But starting in September for the next four months, one Sunday episode each month will feature Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie. Mm -hmm. um, we're excited to help launch these full length episodes with them. Our hope is that they'll be able to become their own indie podcast at the start of 2022. Seems so weird to say. Um, it does. If you love the historical romance quick shots and also just love our Duchess and our lady, um, our ladies of the court, uh, please make sure that you support us on Patreon. So one of our Patreon goals is after a certain amount of Patreons, we will launch um, a historical romance podcast. So mm -hmm. give all the love to the, the Duchess. Duchess and the lady. Yeah. The Duchess got a cat. Mm -hmm. Its name is Denise. And Denise. I just love that. Right. Um, okay. What are you reading this weekend, Leah? Um, I am starting some Sawyer Bennett prep, the code name series. There is the James, Jameson Force, right? 
Yeah, Jameson Security Force. I'm, I'm, well, I have book two in the Arizona Vengeance series on my Kindle from the library. And then I have some of the Jameson Force and I'm working all of those in amongst my, my arcs and stuff. Plus- also in the, in the Sawyer Bennett, just FYI, there's sort of a crossover episode back to the Cold Fury family. Well, don't tell me that. Anyway, there's a lot of books. There's but so they're many so books. Good. So they're many. so good. Well, but I have a, like, I have time. I have a couple weeks. That's yeah, you do. You've got some time. Okay. <laughs> Job and kids. Who cares? Just read nonstop I mean, for the next like, two weeks. <laughs> so what are you reading? So I actually found there's this author that I read her years ago, like her books are on my nook years ago, Um, the nook from Barnes and Noble. Anyway, her name is Lexi Buchanan, and she wrote this family series of these five brothers. And actually, one of the books was my first male male romance. One of the brothers is um, is gay. And I think that book came out like in 2017, 16, like before it was everybody was doing it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I was going through some stuff with Minnesota hockey mom. And I realized that Lexi Buchanan has a hockey series. Oh, so it's the, I'm reading the first book. It's called Camden on the ice by Lexi Buchanan. And I am excited to check this out. Um, one to see if her writing style is as amazing as I remember it, but also it's a new hockey series and there's like four or five books. Nice. And we so, all, we do love our hockey series. We do. But you should be reading football. Um, I did find a football reverse harem book. Did you really? That was, it's Lane Hart and DB West, who I just recently found out are married. Um, They write a football reverse harem that is on my Kindle right now. I told Heather to read it too. So anyway, that sounds very good. Notable. I'll have to find it. I can't remember the title or I'd say it right now, but it's okay. But notable upcoming releases, which it's almost the end of August, which is kind of crazy. I can, and I cannot all at the same time. So August 30th, we have the aristocrat by Penelope Ward. Give Me a Reason, A Single Dad, Enemies to Lover Romance by A.L. Jackson. And this is book one of her new series. Yeah, she Um, talked about that new series in our January episode with her. mm -hmm. Um, She talked about writing this new series. So go back and listen to that episode and then pick this up. I've heard it. I've heard it is very, very good. That's what I heard also. A.L. Jackson. So, you know, it's going to be good. Dark and angsty. Dark and angsty. Um, August 31st, we have Falling for You, Annapolis Harbor Book 5 by Leah Cole, Boldly, Breakers Hockey Book 2 by Elise Faber, who we just talked to, and then Tin Queen, Tin Gypsy Book 6 is the final book in the Tin Gypsy series by Devney Perry, and then September 2nd, The Lady Valenti Family Book 2. It's part two of the Oath Duet by Serena Ackroyd. And if you pay attention to us, you know that Becky has went down the Serena Ackroyd rabbit hole. I just finished the Dom, which is book one of this duet. Oh, yeah. Page two, people. There's steam, like hot, flaming fire on page two. That's your kind of book all the sexy like 12 chili peppers sexy so much goodness anyway i don't want to give anything away people but if you are not reading serena Ackroyd's series read them people read them um i really liked the filthy series which is her irish mob and this is the lady is book two of this duet that launches the valenti family which is the sicilian mob Ooh, i have I have to wait. I can't do dark right now. Dark is not in my like. No, maybe in right October. Now. Maybe in October, October when we do antiheroes. That's true. I can go down the Serena Ackroyd rabbit hole in October. Yes. <clears throat> um, so, so what's next? Next time we are wrapping up summer reading challenge with the buzzing librarians. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to chat 
about what releases we're also going to chat about what releases we're anticipating for the fall of 2021 um, and what they're most looking forward to so we're gonna finish out summer reading talk about how it went how summer reading challenge went um how next time we will not have nine bingo cards <laughs> i know we went a little bananas <laughs> it was bonkers but it's but been so much fun from our mistakes and but honestly like seeing the chaos that it has created and like the people's mindset and like how to get these these cards filled has been half the fun well i think one of the best things for me has been people discovering new authors that we already loved mm-hmm. so like hannah that listens to the podcast she had never read jiffy kate well, she has now found Jiffy Kate and is in love with Jiffy Kate and has devoured their entire catalog. Um, you're welcome, Hannah. You're welcome, Hannah. Kelly Kay, she had some of the most, the best months of reading through the summer. Like her page mm-hmm. reads for Amazon were off the charts because people were picking up her books, but they weren't just reading one. They're mm-hmm. reading all of them. Um, Tanya, our friend of the podcast, she had never read Avery Flynn and she read Butterface. And oh, she's like, that's so good. She's so like, good. how have I not read these before? I'm like, <laughs> I do not know, but they're so good. So at the end of the day, it has been an amazing summer. And I was excited to share such authors like Roan and Zio and Jiffy mm-hmm. Kate. Um, well, and that's the thing, like it, it introduced a lot of people to new authors, but it introduced us to new authors that like people were like, oh, this author fills this, 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 and this. And we're like, oh, I've never heard of that author. Let me give them a try. Yeah. And then, and then rabbit holes happen. Jay Salmon, Summer of Salmon. The Summer of Salmon. It's the Summer of the Slow Burn, the Summer of Salmon, and the Summer of Serena. You have all the S's there. I took care of all the S's this summer. Anyway, so that's next time. We're going to wrap up summer reading and then kind of talk about what we're anticipating fall reads to look like. Um, And maybe even what our fall is going to look like with upcoming episodes of the podcast as we um, are going to go out with 2021 with a bang. Right? Right. Anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.